Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Before we start, I have to tell you about Hayley Merrick, Hormone Health Coach. She is the womb-wise woman, weaving two decades of clinical and natural health expertise to transform you from hormonal mess to hormone happiness, empowering you to release overwhelm, manage stress, and balance your hormones in a way that nourishes your mind, body, and soul. Providing 12-week coaching packages and online membership, visit loveyourcycles.co.uk for more details and to book your free trial session. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. I'm joined this morning by Sue Welby from Little Life Steps. Hello Sue. Hello Charlie. But tell everybody Sue about your amazing business and I know firsthand how amazing your business is but tell everyone who's listening. Thank you you're very kind. Um, It's lovely to hear parents say that about my business because my business is me. Um, So my business is called Little Life Steps um, and I help parents um, and support them with um, them understanding and conquering toileting, behaviour and sleep challenges. Um, I didn't start off just doing those three. Um, I started off um, doing more. Um, My business has gone on a different route than I first um, envisaged. Um, And that's due to my followers um, and the parents that started to follow me and ask me for more. Um, And I didn't actually decide that I was going to run a business. I believe it was a set of events that happened. Um, I quite believe in fate or some people say it's the universe decides what's going to happen for you. Um, So I worked in the NHS. Uh, I worked in the NHS for 14 years um, and we had huge changes within the NHS. Uh, we had cutbacks, uh, we got taken over by Virgin Care and they decided to cut a lot of the services that we were delivering to families. So I used to run workshops that I run, I run now uh, in the NHS, uh, in the children's centres and I loved the health promotion side of it. Um, and they decided to cut them, uh, they cut the baby health clinics, um, they weren't getting face-to-face interaction with parents um, and I think parents need that. Uh, they could go in and weigh their own baby and plot their own weight. Um, Didn't feel that um, that was the service that I wanted to be a part of. Um, But I went with the changes. Uh, But while these changes were happening, I went on holiday. Uh, A two weeks holiday to Spain. (laughs) Um, When I come back, I turned on my work phone um, and I saw that people had been interviewed for their jobs and they'd all been given positions, um, different placements. And I come back and was saying, what about me? What's going to happen to me? Um, And everyone was a bit like, oh, you need to speak to somebody. My manager had moved. She'd gone to a new team. Um, And then it transpired that they'd forgotten about me. Um, And they were saying, well, you can go in this team. 
um, and I didn't quite want to move out of area. Um, and then they offered me redundancy, um, which was a surprise because when we got taken over, they offered, um, they said we could ask for um, a redundancy package and see what we'd get. And I sent an email in because uh, I was curious to see what my package would be. And I got an email back saying I wasn't eligible for redundancy, probably because I'd been there too long. And then suddenly, because I'd been forgotten about, they said I could have redundancy. So it made me rethink my life. What do I want to do? Do I want to stay in a service, a service that I wasn't happy with, with all the changes? Or did I want to leave and perhaps rethink what I want to do? And I had that redundancy package um, to fall back on. So I did. I jumped. Um, and it was a big jump. Um, I left a good pension. Um, I left a career that I loved because I've always wanted to work with children. Um, ever since I was 11, I've known I've wanted to work with children. Um, at a young age, but I had uh, my mum had my sister, my younger sister, um, and I was fascinated by her development. Um, I, I read books then. I couldn't wait to see how she'd respond to me. I loved to see how she changed each day. And so by the time I was 16, I knew that I was going to go and do some training uh, around working with children. And that's when I got my NNEB. And then since then, 36 years ago, I've worked with children um, in lots of different establishments. Um, so, yeah, so that's my story, really. Uh, and then four years ago, Little Life Steps was born. Um, and it was my colleagues um, and my friends and family that said to me, you should start a business um, because you've got so much knowledge, so much expertise, um, experience. You can deliver and give parents what they're not getting with the NHS. Um, and so... I started a business, um, hence how I met you. Um, and, and that's how I say fate works as well, because if I hadn't have met uh, Lucy, um, who you know, she um, came along to one of my uh, potty parties in mm. the home, which was, I used to say they were like a Tupperware party. Um, the host would host it. She would invite all her friends around. I'd turn up. She'd get a little goodie bag from me, all to do with potty training. And I'd run my two-hour potty training workshop. So I met Lucy there because she, her friend hosted a party. Um, and then she introduced uh, me to you um, and the Entrepreneur Growth Club. Uh, and since then, I've gone on to do one too many through you. Uh, and I think that's like the butterfly effect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, one thing leads on to another. And and equally, um, Lucy, Lucy Hutchinson from Any Little Thing, I remember I was having a few problems myself with Ernie and we were having a coffee and she said, you need to, you need to talk to Sue Welby. She's going to sort you out. And that you did. So um, it's, it is funny how the world works and brings people together. And I love it. But let's just unpack this a little bit, because I have got so many questions, because this is the first time that we've sort of sat down and, and chatted about this. Um, are there any things that you miss about not working for the NHS that you you know the gaps between because obviously running your own business and working for the NHS are two completely different things and I can imagine that there's lots of benefits but I wonder if there's anything that you miss about that yeah 
I, I did share a little uh, reel the other day. Um, I miss the banter. I miss <laughs> the banter. I really do. I miss that connection with other people. Um, I also miss the bouncing off of ideas. Um, we, you know, if you come back from a visit, you could often discuss things, uh, and that would just help you to process it in your mind. Um, I'm, I still am in contact with a lot of my colleagues, and I still have that support. I will send them a WhatsApp, um, and they will they will support me in that way, and they will tell me about training that I can go on, and they can get on me get get me on it for free and things like that. So I do still have that a little bit, but I don't have that day-to-day -day connection you know every day I come upstairs and I'm in my office um, especially with Zoom. Yeah it can be really lonely being an entrepreneur can't it? Yeah definitely. Which definitely. is why I set up the Entrepreneurs Growth Club in the first place because of that connection um, and I'm, I'm just thinking about this because obviously it's not a remit that I know at all but when you were talking it was just making me me think about how much has been cut from the NHS? And, and because I've, I've worked with you, I've been able to have that one-to-one -one support with you on, on a couple of different things. I feel like everybody needs a bit of you in their life. You know, if you have got a child aged naught to probably six, probably at some point, um, you need a bit of support, whether that's with the sleeping or the potty training or the behaviour, whatever challenges you might have along the way because as parents we're just flung into this world we don't have a clue what we're doing I mean you know some people come from like a childcare background and that's great but if you don't you don't have a clue what you're doing when you have children so I feel like it's something that's needed and I know myself I rang my health visitor when I was having problems with any potty training before I'd spoken to you and they more or less said oh don't worry it's fine and obviously there's been stuff in the news about child protection and that sort of thing so I wonder how how detrimental do you think it is for children that that these things have been taken away? Very I mean you would not believe the amount of calls I've had um, where parents have gone through the route of uh, even paediatricians. They've been referred. So they've actually got a referral. I mean, you didn't even get the support to begin with, but they've actually got referrals to paediatricians. But they've still when they get an appointment, they have, might have a 15 minute appointment um, on Zoom or a 15 minute telephone call. How can you assess a child in those 15 minutes? You can't. They just want to either give you medication um, or say, just do this. Whereas I'm looking at the whole family and the whole child and their temperament. They don't even ask what the child's temperament is like. Um, and I just think this is crazy. I mean, we used to do home visits before and we would support parents on home visits, but they, they were getting cut because we were too busy doing more of the health visitors jobs because they weren't replacing the health visitors when they were leaving. I mean, Virgin Care said it had to be run more like a business, which I understand they were trying to make cuts. But when you're working with families, I don't know whether you can run it like that. Yeah, you know, they need that support, uh, that one on one face to face interaction. We used to do it that you would work with the same families. So if you went in for a six week visit uh, when they were a baby, uh, then you would go back and you would do the next uh, under one check. Then you would do the two year check. So you already knew their the parents um, dynamics and you could work with them. 
Um, and that's what I like to do with Little Life Steps. Um, and that's why I came up with the name. Um, I've got lots of families that come back to me uh, and use me again um, because they know that I keep my notes. Uh, I already know their child, understand how they work as a family. Um, and that's what we had um, back years ago with the NHS, but we've not got it now. You don't know who you're going to get when you phone up. Um, sometimes you don't even get a health professional. You will get um, just admin that are taking the, you know, the calls um, and then they might not even get the calls back. That's what I'm hearing from parents. You know, I contacted in the state two weeks ago and then I never got a call back. Um, and I just think it's awful, um, an awful state to be in. Um, uh, the only good thing about that is that if there's more of me out there, um, you know, people supporting families, which I know there are other entrepreneurs that do this, um, then that's good. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, a good way of, of thinking about it is that if people who are like me who can access you go and do that, then that's going to take some pressure off the NHS so that the people who are going into the NHS or the people who are the NHS are going to are the people who really, really need the support and can't find it elsewhere. Um, but I, I think especially with COVID as well, right? Because COVID is something we've never experienced before any of us. And of course, it's going to have had a massive impact on lots of different children, but nobody knows how, you know, and how and what support they need. So you have to, I think you have to be quite proactive as a parent to help your child along the way. Uh, emotionally, COVID has been terrible for children. Um, you know, take toileting. I mean, you know that toileting is my passion. I can <laughs> talk about wee and poo and get really excited. Um, but, you know, emotionally, children have been holding on to poo. And that is, and, and we, because children can do that. Yeah. So if something is happening around them in their environment that they don't like or they can't cope with, which is COVID, you know, why am I not going to nursery? Why is daddy up work upstairs in the bedroom and I'm not allowed to go in to see him? All of these things are affecting them emotionally. And so they hold on to something they can control. And we in a poon is one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, eating is another. We can't make a child eat. So to try and control their environment, they stop eating or they won't eat. Sleeping is another. Yeah. Um, so those three areas that I support families with um, are what children were then having challenges with because of COVID, um, because they were emotionally uh, being affected. And even like when they introduced masks, you know, was it the weekend before last. Um, and then I got an email from school saying the teachers were going to be wearing masks just to let us know. And obviously, because Ernie's only just started school, I sat him down and, and I explained. And, and whilst that seems like a really tiny thing for us just to reintroduce the masks, I thought to myself, that's a massive thing for him because he's going to be going in on Monday morning and not seeing his teacher's face for the first time this year. And so small things for us are massive things when you're four or five. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and children watch facial expressions, um, uh, uh, you know, sometimes more than us. Body language um, is how they communicate. Uh, that's why we have to be careful of our body language. Uh, you know, our tone of voice, especially children that are more sensitive and shy, they pick up on tone of voice. Um, so, you know, behind a mask, we can't necessarily be picking up on those cues. No. Uh, it's sad. 
One question that um, I've got, which comes up um, quite a lot and links in quite nicely is being a parent and being an entrepreneur at the same time can be quite challenging. And I think, you know, if you're employed, you go to work and you sort out your childcare, whereas if, if you work for yourself, it's all consuming, isn't it? And I often get people saying that they feel guilty or they feel like sometimes they're a bit stressed out with their child because they've got so much going on at work. What would you what would your words of advice be to to that person? So, I mean, a lot of the things you teach, because I do listen to your podcasts, I listen to your lives, um, a lot of the things you teach about business um, apply to parenting, yeah? Because feeling overwhelmed, we feel overwhelmed in, as a business person, parents feel overwhelmed. So I often say we need to work on one area if you're feeling overwhelmed. Just pick one area. If, um, if uh, something is bothering you, one of your child's challenges, yeah, that's when you need to set a limit, yeah? That's the one you would work on most because it's really bothering you. And break it down, yeah? Don't see the end goal, which is too big, yeah? Oh, I need my child to sleep all night. That goal is too huge. Let's break it down and start with the bedtime routine, yeah? If we start with the bedtime routine um, and we make it calmer, you know, we look at perhaps uh, their diet before they go to bed, we're giving them more foods that are going to help with serotonin and things like that, um, that just might help them fall asleep quicker. And then one, once the parent thinks, oh, they haven't got that overwhelm where they're taking two hours to fall asleep, then we've broken it down into small goals. So I often say it's like, you know, business, just try not to feel that overwhelm, break it down and start with something small and know your triggers as a parent. Uh, that's important. We've all got triggers. Um, we're all made up. Um, we've all got a different model of the world from, you know, how we were parented, our beliefs, um, at the language we use. That makes us up as us. And sometimes when a child does something or a certain behaviour, our brain will either delete bits, uh, it might distort it, uh, it might generalise it because our brains are all unique. Um, and then what happens is our behaviour then comes out. So sometimes our subconscious is doing that. We're not even aware. Um, and so we need to check in with what's happening with us first. Yeah, That's the first thing I say to parents. Just pause pause and breathe and think what is happening in this situation yeah observe observe your child what's their body telling you yeah what are they saying um and some things I often say is just say it back say back what you hear but say back what you see your child feels understood so that's enough for them to calm down sometimes or you might need to take yourself away yeah might need to just explain. Mummy's feeling a bit frustrated at the moment. I'm going to go for a walk around the garden. Perfect. What have you done? You've modelled self-regulation there. Yeah. That's how children learn. Yeah. They learn from copying and imitating us. If we then shout and, you know, throw something, they've clocked that in their little brain. Oh, that's what you do when you're frustrated. Um, but yeah, if they've seen mummy go, actually, I'm frustrated, I'm going to walk around the garden, they're going to model that, hopefully, as they get older, uh, or go and get a glass of water, lots of different calming techniques that you can do. Um, but we're all human. 
Uh, and parenting is the hardest job in the world and it's like a roller coaster you know one day you're you know you've got it everything's spot on other days you know you get up and within an hour you've had three meltdowns and you're just not on it at all um but that is parenting um so you know the next day just start again you're so knowledgeable sue i love i love talking to you and listening to you i'm like yes that is so good. Um, but talk to me about what you find hard about your business. What what struggles have you come across along the way? Um, I find focus hard. <laughs> I find focus on the one thing. And that's because I do more than one thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've got so much information to share. And I want to share it all. Um, I have probably decided for next year I might outsource or get support in to help me so some sort of coach uh, to help me focus on what I want to do because I've just got too many ideas Uh, my husband's always trying to rein me in because I'm like oh what about this one now (laughs) you know someone said this idea and now that's planted in my head so I mean I had a mum the other day um, on a zoom and she's planted something in my head now and I'm like and so I've said to my husband do you think I should do that so she said what about doing um, a grandparent workshop oh wow that's a good idea and that's never entered my head before but she's um she said that she would love it if her grandparents could listen to me um because they look after the children but they have got some old-fashioned um ways you know and she said I'd love for them to feel empowered about trying some of your new ways but grandparents don't always want to listen to their children no uh, because obviously they children Um, and I'm not a grandparent yet but a lot of my friends are I mean I'm 54 so hopefully one day I will be Um, but they all tell me how it's different when you've got grandchildren um, and you do tend to spoil them Uh, and so I did think I could actually write a workshop for grandparents I think that's a great idea it's been planted in my head now (laughs) and my husband's like oh (laughs) But I think as well, more well, no, it's always been the way that grandparents look after. But like Ernie's grandma, his maternal grandma looks after him, and and he's quite old school sometimes, um, which she wouldn't mind me saying, because I think it's just the way that they were brought up, and it's different, and we have learned so much, and I think I know so much about Ernie. I know how to manage his behavior I know how to parent him the best way possible because I've done all of this stuff um but sometimes getting the, the grandparents to understand that is a whole different ball game isn't it yeah definitely and I, th- I thought when she planted the seed in my head I did think they might be actually late to me as well because I'm their age yeah um, you know rather than a young person so I, I did think that might help so yeah it's got me thinking that um, it could be a possibility. So I, I might put it out there to my um, in my emails because I've now um, that was another thing that I found hard is um, automation. I didn't have anything automated. Um, and um, Lisa, Lisa Johnson's course has taught me. Um, but I've had to relook at my whole business by doing her course. And I didn't realize I would look at it 
in such a big picture. Um, so now I'm signed up to MailerLite um, and I'm learning about uh, funnels and sending out automated emails. So every Friday I send a high five uh, Friday email to all, all my followers uh, and all my families, which is, which is lovely. Uh, and I'm enjoying doing it because I have got so much to share. Uh, so I will ask them uh, if they can give me feedback on, uh, you know, any of their grandparents that might um, enjoy a course uh, and see what information I get back. And that's sort of what you said at the beginning. Your business has changed because you've really listened to the people. And that is what I tell everybody to do. Sometimes we get really carried away with what we want to do. But if that's not what the customer wants to do, then it's sort of irrelevant, isn't it? And I love that you're going to ask them, see what they think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That um, they're the ones that tend to plant the seed. I mean, I started off with my baby massage because little life steps. I wanted them to grow up with me and all the milestones. So I thought, well, I'll start my workshops, baby massage, and my introduction to solids. Um, and then as I started to get followers, they started to ask me about toileting because there was a problem with toileting. Parents were going off to NHS; they weren't getting the support. And so I started to give advice and that's where parents were like, please put on a workshop for toileting. I delivered the toileting workshop. During the toileting workshop, I give support. Uh, I, I talk about behaviour because as children get older, it can often have um, the behaviour side of toileting. Children that are more stubborn and strong-willed, um, you know, don't want to go into the toilet area. It's not a fun place to go. So I would often talk about behaviour techniques that you can use. Simple one first and then. First, we do toilet time, then we can go in the garden. It's a very simple technique, but children can plant that seed in their head. Um, and so when I'd mentioned a lot of behaviour techniques, parents were saying to me, oh, please, could you do a behaviour course? So I would, you know, book on a behaviour course. So that's when, you know, toddlers throwing wobblers was born. Um, and I've delivered that now. Um, but I've changed in the sense that my business has grown. So I've now looked at passive income. And that's why Lisa Johnson's course has been helpful, because I've put my um, online toileting course as a video course that parents can purchase. Um, and it works quite well because even parents that work one to one with me, while they're waiting to work with me, I give them that course half price. They watch the course and then they come to me for the one to one support where I delve into their uh, family dynamics and their child's personality. Because um, I'm all about working with the child, not against um, and that's from personal experience um, with my eldest child. Um, I needed support with her when I was young um, and, I, and I didn't get it. Um, the support I got was very judgmental, made me feel like a failure, um, didn't look at her temperament. She, she is still um, very driven, very strong-willed. She knows her own mind. She's very independent perfectionist but she uses all of those great qualities in her job now but growing up with her was hard work <laughs> really hard work um, as her parent and so I, I, I sought support we went to a family and consultation service um, and yeah they just made me feel bad um, and so now I always start with the child 
and their temperament, their strengths. Yeah, we work with their strengths. We work with their qualities. You probably knew when I worked with you with uh, little Ernie, you know, what is he like? What, what is he good at? Yeah, let's build his self-esteem. Let's build his confidence and the things he's finding challenging. Yeah, we can use the tips and tricks um, and, and they will find and that's the thing, isn't it? Because, and obviously I work with adults, not children, but but it's a similar thing. Um, and when I ran my own theatre school and everything, every single person in, in your life, every single person has so much to offer. I was saying this about my masterminds, you know, it's not just about me delivering it, it's about all of those people learning from each other. And it's the same with children, you know, if they are strong-willed or a perfectionist or independent or maybe the other extreme maybe they're shy maybe they're nervous whatever they are you need to celebrate those things because that is ultimately who they are you've got to celebrate them and you've got to learn how to sort of enhance them as best you can and sometimes I feel sometimes people go against that and are like no no they need to be this way well why do they like you say your daughter has these amazing qualities like when you were listing them I'm like oh my gosh she sounds awesome but you know somebody else could be like a nightmare I want her to be this 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 and this but it's all about celebrating what you've got isn't it yeah and and they did they wanted her to fit into a box uh you know so she finds she can't just focus on one thing. She has to have 10 things in her brain. But if we want anything organised, um, you know, if we want to go up to London for the day, she will write an itinerary. Uh, and she recently did. We went out as a family and everything was planned, you know, where we were going to stay, where we were going to eat. Then there was going to be this bar and there was my favourite a porn star martini in this club and everything was absolutely planned to a T because she's so... Um, good at that that you know but in school they would perhaps give her one thing to do she would be bored yeah, yeah that wasn't enough for her brain uh, to focus on um, and so you know she then might be a bit destructive because she was bored um, and they'd say she can't sit still okay well now I know that she needs to move in order to focus yeah. that's how she works yeah and and so at school let's get her up let's get her moving if that's what she needs let's give her that but it's a running joke in my family that I've never had a real job I haven't I've been an entrepreneur since I was 21 but like look at me you know you wouldn't want to employ me would you It'd be a nightmare <laughs> but again it's just it's who I am other people would be so scared by being an entrepreneur because there's so much risk and it's all on them and and they make perfect people to be employed to work their way up the corporate ladder or whatever they choose to do we're all different aren't we yeah I mean I was lucky that I did get my redundancy yeah um so I didn't have that pressure that a lot of entrepreneurs have when they leave a job and think I need to make money I need to pay these bills I had I had that package that I could fall back on and it it gave me time to think what do I want to do where do I want to go? Come up with the name, come up with the logo. My husband drew the logo, things like that, you know, look at websites. Uh, so I had that time, write some workshops. Because a lot of people actually are stuck in their job because, you know, I work with a lot of teachers who want to come out of the classroom, but because they've got that security to take the risk is 
more difficult. So they might have to do like a gradual reducing their hours and introducing the business. So not everybody does have that, which is amazing. And I love the fact that you have like this whole family thing because I've met your husband. We did that one to one and he's so invested in the business. And it's so important to have that support, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He he is my banter, really, <laughs> what I miss at work. And, and he has a great sense of humour um, over the, because I've been with him since I was 16. So, you know, a childhood sweethearts. Um, his, you know, sense of humour keeps me going. And, I, and I've got his sense of humour now. Um, you know, I tend to say things that I think he would say that. <laughs> so, I mean, just look at our hand washing video that we did during lockdown I mean I've got my puppy puppet Lottie and he was the voice of Lottie um, and we had so much fun filming it um uh, it, it was hilarious my other daughter was involved in it she was underneath you couldn't see her in the video uh, he wrote he wrote the actual poem um because I used to teach the five areas in schools that we that we have to wash our hands um, and he wrote a poem for those five areas you know spider left spider right and all of that I don't know if you've seen it yeah no, I um, yeah but um yeah it's it's so funny um uh, uh, you know amazing and I've got a text this morning while I was waiting for you from a mum who said her, um, I put it in my uh, newsletter or was it my might be my Friday email um her child just keeps watching it over and over again absolutely loves it and he now loves to wash his hands so she's actually said will you do a teeth brushing one with lots oh that's a great idea ernie could do with that so i was like oh i need to get my husband to write another poem <laughs> so he might have another job do you know what it's only just come to me now but i i kid you not in parents evening ernie's teacher said to me one thing that he is brilliant at and i didn't even register but until chatting to you now one thing that he's brilliant at is going to the toilet is really sensible takes himself off sorts himself out and comes back no problems and i thought that that was a little a weird thing to say because you know she was like but you would be surprised about the amount of children who can't or the amount of children who go to the toilet and get so distracted and then end up overflowing a sink and then they're chatting to their friend and then there's loads of hijinks she was like we can always trust Ernie so that it's probably down to you Sue yeah, probably down to the steps that we <laughs> went they planted them in his head haven't they all of the steps yeah there's loads of steps of toileting and the hand washing is one of those steps that we need to get right yeah um, I remember as well because he had one of those like a step and a seat you know that was connected because that was one of his issues that he needed his feet on the floor um and I remember panicking that he because he had that literally until the summer holidays before he started school and I was panicking that he would never not want to use it you know I mean he'd be like the 11 year old still using this thing and he wouldn't be able to go to the toilet at school but they do just stop don't they when the time is right for them and I think as parents we try and put pressure on that but then just one day he just stopped using it and he doesn't use it anymore and now he's absolutely brilliant but I was thinking oh my gosh if he what if he's not grown out of that by the time he starts school and everything so um yeah it's all yeah, just the I do say that yeah I say to parents about being in the now mm. when they're always saying I'm worried about when I go back to work my child's going to go off to nursery um and they 
won't take a bottle should I try and get them used to the bottle now but it's really stressful and it's like let's be in the now yeah the now is you're breastfeeding they're really happy with it you know they're not that bothered by the bottle they will adapt when they go to nursery they know that you're not there um, and the nursery staff will adapt you know I was a manager of a nursery I worked in a baby room um, you know we had 16 babies um, and, and they do they, they, they quickly adapt so try not to always be worrying about what's going to happen in the future just be in the now so I think you're amazing I honestly do if anyone is listening to this and has got any problems then i highly recommend going and working with Sue because I've loved this conversation I absolutely love it um tell me Sue who inspires you um I'm going to be cheeky here because I couldn't find one so okay. I've got two give yeah. me two that's all right so the first one is a lady uh, who I used to work with her name was Mary Hollins um and she was a team leader uh, so this was back in 1996. I remember it because we were the first four nursery nurses to be taken on uh, within the school health team. Um, it was part of a skill mix. So Mary Hollins had pioneered this new initiative to um, include skill mix. So nursery nurses have got um, great observational skills. We were trained in loads of different observations. Uh, child development from um, naught to eight years so I do go up to eight years oh sorry I said um, six she goes up to eight guys yeah, uh, up to eight years we're trained in so um and that, that's what I've stuck with with little life steps I've just supported an eight-year-old actually um with toileting I've just supported um an eight-year-old autistic boy um with toileting and I'm over the moon that we've cracked it um absolutely over the moon um but that's coming off uh, track. So Mary Hollins uh, pioneered this new um, skill mix and we were taken on. And what I love about her and how she inspired me is that hopefully I have, I don't want to say hopefully, because that's part of what I'm going to talk about next in the book. I have definitely picked up um, how she worked. She was very positive. Yeah. And I like to think I'm positive about everything. Um, she was very methodical. Um, she looked at the whole picture and she got us to keep a journal, um, a weekly journal of how we felt and different scenarios that were coming up because we were working with a team that didn't really want us. They were threatened by us. They were worried about their jobs. Um, so we kept this journal and every week we used to meet up with her. Um, and she used to just put this spin on it and make us feel that we should be ourselves, no matter what was being said, just come across as yourself and everything will work out okay. Um, and I, I've always aspired to be like her. Um, and also there was another woman called Vivian um, and I found her hard. She was an old school school nurse, uh, a lot older than me. Um, and to begin with, she used to, her, her demeanour used to put me down if I didn't get something right. Um, and, and I used to put a lot of pressure on myself. Oh, my God, you know, I've got that wrong again. And, um, but I've learned that mistakes are good. Mistakes are learning. But at the time, um, I didn't. I used to feel really bad. Um, and I used to come home and say to my husband, oh, God, I can't get on with this woman. 
but doing the journal with Mary made me see her qualities yeah she was so good um I learned so much from her um and within a year we were the best of friends and she was my best mentor um when we used to weigh a child or measure a child rather than you just tell the child to stand against the measure she would say to me right what are you observing when you're watching that child go to the measure and at first I'd be thinking uh, you know and I'd feel really pressured and then she'd say right you're observing their gait you're observing how they walk to the measure uh, when they get to the measure you're observing their spine yeah have they got curvature of the spine is their back flat against the wall can they put their knees together um, what is their core stability like can they you know put their feet together when you measure them and I was like oh wow you know I didn't even think of all of those things because that could point out that there is a problem with curvature of the spine or their gross motor skills um, and those things might need to be looked at you know we were in a high need uh, area for child protection so she would say look at their clothes you know um, use your senses you know do they smell talk to them what did you have for breakfast you know children will often be honest and you know they might say to you I don't have breakfast before school you know things like this you know all these things are important because we want to look at the whole picture for that child um, and she was absolutely amazing um, and you know, I can't believe how much I learned from her um, but if I hadn't have done that journal and I didn't have Mary as the person I inspired, you know, I was inspired by, I think I probably would have left and said, this isn't for me. This is really hard. Um, so, yeah, Mary inspired me. But also uh, the cheeky one is my family's inspire me. And the reason they inspire me is because they do the work. You know, I, I support them. I listen. Uh, I nurture. I share my tips and tricks, my experience, but ultimately they have to put it in place. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. And especially during COVID. I mean, amount of times I said to my husband, oh my God, I don't know how we'd cope if me and you were working from home and we had two children at home. I just found that crazy. Um, and I had so much empathy for them. Um, and so they really inspire me because, you know, some of them, it is hard work changing um, these challenges that they've got. You know, a child that's withholding poo and is withholding poo for a long time. It's very changing and it, it is, can be small steps along the way. Um, so they do inspire me that they have to put that work in. Uh, so they're the people that inspire me. Thank you. Um, what about a book that you would recommend? So a book that I recommend is one called Drop the Pink Elephant. Uh, have you heard of it? No. It's by Bill McFarlane. Um, and the reason I recommend it is because I want to read it again. And there's not many books that I want to read again. But I feel that I need to read it again. So more of it sinks in. Um, so it's about good communication. Um, so an example of drop the pink elephant would be um, if you were doing the dinner um, and Ernie was very quiet and you shouted out, what are you doing, Ernie? And he replied, I'm not eating the crowns. <laughs> now, that's a pink elephant. The not. Yeah, he is eating the crowns because why would he be shouting out? I'm not eating the crowns. Um, so they eat. 
Um, Bill talks about them being unprompted negatives. Um, and we often use them if we think someone is thinking negatively about us. So it tells you to remove the words that perhaps dilute our message. Um, and so earlier on, I said, hopefully. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a word that dilutes my message. Um, or you might say, I will try. Um, I tell parents to lose the word try, especially with toileting. You'll say to a child, well, just try on the potty. Get rid of the word try. You're setting them up to fail. You know, it's toilet time. You know, make it fun. Be matter of a fact, it's toilet time. So get rid of the try. Um, so this book has really made me think um, about, um, first of all, when people ask me questions, think about your answer. Because I used to always hate a pause. Uh, I always used to think I need to feel that pause. Um, so it's made me think, uh, first of all, think and pause. Uh, then say what you've got to say and then act. And it says that that's the way you should do it when you're communicating. Um, it talks about your message and how 38% of your message is through your tone of voice. So that's key for uh, your podcast because yeah. they're listening to your tone of voice. And as I said earlier, children pick up on tone of voice. Uh, 50, I think 55%, he says, um, is face-to-face. -face. Um, so that will be your eye contact. So, you know, we've not really been doing a lot of that um, with COVID. Um, and I think 7% is, is what you say, which isn't a lot. Um, yeah, so it, crazy, it isn't it, when you think about it? Um, it tells you about keeping it simple, um, your language simple, knowing your audience, thinking, what do I want to say? Um, who am I speaking to? And how shall I put it? So making it very simple. Um, so, you know, where I do lots of talking, it's made me look at the way I communicate with people. Um, and I think yeah. it's, made more, it's made me more confident to get my message out there. Um, you know, and I know that getting your message out there leads to success rather than failure. Um, you know, doing the videos, um, doing the lives. Uh, so reading this book has made me think, yes, I have a message. I have an offer. I am really pleased about what I've achieved. Um, and I say that often now, uh, you know, I am really proud of what I've achieved. And I know loads of amazing entrepreneurs. And I say to them, say that. So I'm really proud of what I've achieved because it's hard sometimes for us to say that. But I now say it a lot. My husband says, you say that a lot when we're out with people. And I say, yeah, so I read this book and I'm going to say it now because I am proud. And so you should be. Um, and my final question, what piece of advice would you give to a fellow entrepreneur? So, yeah, this was a hard one as well. Um, but I think doing what I do, I have to give this piece of advice. To do more positive inner and outer talk. And that relates back to the book as well. Um, he talks about how we describe, if we can describe our life positively, then people are going to want to listen to us. Yeah. So it's so hard um, to stick with the positive. We, we're wired for the negative as adults. And I talk about that on my behaviour course. Um, and emotions are driven by our thoughts. So, you know, often we can think, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Yeah, but we're feeling anxious because we're thinking this. So, you know, often I need to delve into parents what they're thinking. 
I watch their body language sometimes on Zoom or, or on face to face, uh, in face to face. And if I say something, I then say to them, actually, I just noticed that you tensed your body up when I say when I said that. Should we, you know, uh, perhaps discuss that a little bit further? Because they're not going to be able to do it if they're not happy about doing it. Yeah? yeah, you know, they need to be on board with it. So, you know, it's really important that we look at what's going on inside uh, and what we're saying on the outside. So positive inner and outer talk, I would say, um, is what I would say to entrepreneurs. Thank you so much, Sue. You have been absolutely fabulous. Tell everyone where they can find you so they can come and chat to you further. Okay, so they can find me on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Little Life Steps, all one word. Um, and also, if they subscribe to my newsletter, I give out my High Five Friday email every week, which gives you tips and tricks and a newsletter. And of course, they can go and watch your amazing hand washing video. Is that, yes. is that out there for the world? It's not just me who's seen that. No, it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'm on YouTube, the hand washing videos. So you could type in little life steps on YouTube um, or um, you can just see the link. Um, I probably shared the link in enough places on Facebook. Uh, but yes, obviously, I need to tell my husband today that he's had a request from a parent for a teeth brushing one with Lottie. <laughs> I cannot wait to see it. Thank you so much, Sue. You've been fabulous. Thank you, Charlie. I've loved it.